just flaky teaching today about Holy Spirit. And if you have Holy Spirit, you'll just do all kind of things. And even some of us, you just can't even help yourself. You'll just start acting crazy because you got the Holy Spirit on you. Here's my theological approach to that. You want to know what the Holy Spirit's for? It's always good to go back to the Word of God to find out the truth about these things. pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust as we tell you every week that the Lord's going to bless you up one side and down the other as we fellowship together here around the Word of God for the next 28 and a half minutes or so. Uh, we're in a series. I've been kind of jumping around within this series. going to try to wrap it up uh, with this particular session and the next one as we share part three with you of a series titled, Which Way Should We Go? Now watch this. One of the most frequently asked questions that's posed to me is this. How do you know when God is speaking to you? How can I know that? How do I know when God is speaking to me? How do I know the difference between what's going on in my head and what I'm hearing from those outside through my ears? And that which comes to me by my spirit, how do I know? Well, we're going to attempt to help you understand that as we look into the Word of God. I believe, as we said at the outset of the message, that the answers are found in the Bible, which I believe is the Word of God. And that's foundational in what we do here on New Life Telecast. We're going to jump right into this. Our text passage for this particular teaching is Acts chapter 16. We'll be looking at some of that, uh, but I want to go to an additional passage that we're going to get to here eventually, and it's found in John chapter 16. John chapter 16, beginning around verse number 13, and the record puts it this way, but when He, now who is He? The Spirit of Truth, capital S, Holy Spirit, but when Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. What a powerful passage. And I trust that God, by His Spirit, would help us teach you this in the, the next few moments. Pray with me. Father, I thank You for each and every one that's turned on this telecast by whatever means. And I pray that by Your Word You would speak to hearts Teach us your way, your will, your purpose, your plan for our life. And we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. One of the most frequent questions posed to me as a minister, pastor, preacher, whatever you want to call me, I would call it a minister of the gospel, basically because I minister the gospel. But I am asked on occasion, Pastor T, how do you know?
know when God is speaking to you. And, and it's obvious to me as they ask that question, they're wanting to know, how can they know? How do you know? Not only me, but how does a person know when God is speaking? Now watch. The most easy to understand illustration is this. What do I do with my cellular device? Any of you have one of these? Stay with me, cameraman. I'll be right back. Any of you have one of these? Now, don't be jealous of my purple case. Some of you guys, when you grow up, you can afford stuff like this. Okay? Every now and then, this thing will ring. Dingy, 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 dingy. And without even looking at the caller ID, when I answer, if I hear, hey, baby, I know that ain't Eric Jones. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, baby. I know that's Sister D, Donna. How do I know that? Because I am familiar with her voice, even, hey, baby, and other stuff I'm not going to rehearse before you. We even whisper in each other's ear every night. Well, we used to. It's been several decades. But anyhow, we, we've even been there, done that. Are you with me? I know that voice. How is it that I can be so confident of that voice? Check it out. There are, and Donna, you just be quiet, please, in Jesus' name. There are a lot of little boxes on the great husband test that I cannot check off. But it doesn't take the world's greatest husband to discern his wife's voice. In fact, I would say that's a pretty good indicator of a guy that's headed in the right direction. Now, some time ago, I discovered an article on uh, the uh, Focus on the Family Website. It's a great website, great organization, by the way, if you want to look at that at some point in time. But the article was titled, quote, Husbands, Want a Better Marriage? Question mark. So how many of you guys here this morning want a better marriage? Can I see your hand? Well, there's the problem right there. Let me do that one more time. How many of you guys want a better marriage? I better see every hand in here go up. I know some of you. Good day in the morning. Well, here's what it's, it, it asks. Husband, your wife's thinking, dear God, let them raise their hand. Husbands, want a better marriage? Listen, Jeff Mitchell, I'm talking to you. Husbands, <laughs> want a better marriage? Here's what he says. Listen to your wife. It's a fascinating article, and I'm going to read it someday. <laughs> but not right now, not to you. Will you consider with me if, if, if I might borrow from that title and insert a minute tweet, I could come away with number one on your study notes. Fill this in with me. Believers 
want a better Christian experience? How many of you believers here this morning want a better Christian experience? Yeah, even the husbands. (laughs) Want a better Christian experience? Listen to your heavenly Father. Learn His voice. Will you say that with me? Learn His voice voice. Learn. It's a process. How do I know when God is speaking to me? Let me tell you, I have had some very profound times in my life when God has spoken to me. How do I know? How can you know when God is speaking to you? And by the way, some of you may be looking up here thinking, well, you're the pastor. You know, you're, you're, if you peel back your shirt, you've got a big S for super Christian. I expect you to hear from God, but not little old me. Listen to me. This is for all of you. If you are born again, and I'm showing you that from the scriptures, we've been looking at this in this series for now three weeks, actually longer than that. How can you know? You can purpose and practice, watch this, purpose and practice listening for and to Him. I've been asking you for the last few weeks, how many of you do that? How many of you have purposed? I am on purpose going to practice listening for and listening to God. Without sounding overly redundant, the reason a lot of people don't hear from God is they never shut up long enough. Did I say shut up? Boy, that stuff just preaches right out of there sometimes. They haven't gotten quiet long enough and gotten by themselves long enough and looked upward long enough, purposed long enough to hear from God. That's some good preaching right there. Listen, God's speaking is a fact. I'm not here to debate that with you. God speaks to his creation. That is a fact. I trust that you would purpose for your listening to be as certain. Now, just to kind of keep us on target and perusing back over the last couple of messages, it's pretty important that I say to you here, it is pretty much a fact that God isn't going to speak to you in an out loud audible voice that you observe with your physical ears. Now watch, once the apostle Paul, he was Saul at the time, he wasn't even an apostle yet, but once Paul received it that way, he heard a voice and the entourage that was with him also heard the voice, but they didn't know what the voice was saying. That's interesting to me. Perhaps we'll unpack that another time. You can read about that in Acts chapter 9, if you please. There are a scant few others in the Old Testament and the New Testament, a scant few human beings in history that have heard an audible voice from God. Now, in our text, Acts chapter 16, Saul's conversion experience is given to us in Acts chapter 9 where he heard the voice. But in Acts chapter 16, our text passage, Paul heard from the Lord again. It's interesting to me at this particular time, the means or the mechanism by which he heard was not external, but rather it was internal. Everybody say internal. Everybody that has an internal, would you raise your hand? You do have an internal. It was by his spirit, not so much 
if any at all, uh, having to do with his external ears. Now, let's park there for just a second. I'm headed to number two on your study notes. I want to briefly point out to you, and this is a little bit of a parenthesis, so I, I just try to let you know that when I change gears. I want to point out to you something that's obvious once you stop and think about it. The apostles had already heard from God through Jesus Christ. Let me do that again. The apostles, which are often referred to as the 12 disciples. Let me tell you again, all apostles are disciples, but not all disciples are apostles. Apostles is a specific spiritual gift. The apostles had already heard from God through Christ. Let me show you Acts chapter 1, the latter part of verse number 4 and 5 and verse 8, which is actually uh, kind of a, uh, uh, a, a overview or a brief overview of that which has already been stated in Luke chapter 24. You can go look at that on your own time. Luke chapter 24, Jesus was getting ready to go back to the Father, and he left some last-minute instructions with the apostles. So we pick up in Acts chapter 1, verse number 4. Do not leave Jerusalem. Jesus said to these apostles, don't you leave Jerusalem. You stay in Jerusalem, but wait for, everybody say wait for, how many people we have here this morning that just love to wait? Now all the husbands raise their hands. <laughs> just kidding. Wait for the gift my father promised. Look at this. Jesus says, which you have heard me speak about. He had already talked to them about this gift from the Father. He's talking about Holy Spirit, and he told them to wait in Jerusalem after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, in order to receive this gift. Verse 5, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you'll drop down to verse number 8 in Acts chapter 1, you will discover the purpose of that gift. Listen, to, let me see your eyeballs. There's all kind of ridiculous, out of balance, over the top, just, just flaky teaching today about Holy Spirit. And if you have Holy Spirit, you'll just do all kind of things. And even some of us, you just can't even help yourself. You'll just start acting crazy because you got the Holy Spirit on you. Here's my theological approach to that. You want to know what the Holy Spirit's for? It's always good to go back to the Word of God to find out the truth about these things. Are you with me? Look in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power. Dunamis. Is he talking about physical power? I, I hate to flex like that because you guys get distracted. He's not talking about physical power. He's talking about something inside. The power that you're going to need to live for Christ and to be a, which he mentions right here, a witness for Christ. Look at that again. When, the, when you receive the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem where he told them to start and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What is Holy Spirit given for, church? 
this, I know you don't want to say that very loudly because if you do, you'll say, I get this and I need to live this out in my daily life. Yeah, that's the expectation. That's what we're called to do. That's why we call ourselves the Evangelical Friends Church. We believe in evangelism. Don't shout me down. Are you with me? By the way, I'm fired up this morning in case you want to know. All righty? Here's the point. Jesus had already spoken, verbally articulated to these apostles these truths. They'd heard it with their ears. That had already happened. So what do you think was the consequence of that? The consequence of that is they were putting into action what they had, what the command or the, the commandment that they had heard. They were going. Matthew chapter 28, which is a parallel to Luke chapter 24. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. Are you with me? Are you with me? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And that's exactly what these disciples were doing. They were going. These truths, beloved, would have been conveyed to Paul by these apostles. Let me do that again. These truths would have been conveyed to Apostle Paul by these, or by Paul, by these apostles. Let me, uh, let me wrap that little parenthesis up this way and try to put a period on that. The story of Paul's conversion is given in Acts chapter 9. Look at verse 19, the latter part of Acts 9, 19. We are told that Saul, that's before he had his name changed to Paul, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. During those several days, he had encounters with at least one fellow by the name of Ananias. I encourage you to go back and read that on your own time. Among a number of other things, I would suggest to you that Ananias had brought Paul up to speed with all that Jesus had taught the apostles and all that they were teaching the people in their going. And then along comes Saul, and they shared this information with him as well. Number three on your study notes, and I trust this will come together for you right here. As they were going, and I know on your notes I've made that, I've added some emphasis, and going doesn't look like that, but it does when Pastor Terry puts it out there. Are you with me? As they were going, doing what Jesus had already told them to do, God purposed by Holy Spirit to impress some directions and instructions upon their own spirit. Notice lowercase s, you have a spirit. Whoever you are, you have a spirit. And that spirit from the time breath is breathed in you by Almighty God until the time of your death and on through eternity, that spirit is going to live somewhere, one of two places. Are you with me so far? Now, that finally brings us full circle to our text passage. Acts 16, 9. During the night, Paul had a vision. We have already defined that for you in previous teachings. Look at verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, we concluded 
something. After he received the vision, which was a word from the Lord and a unique way of receiving that word, they concluded something. What is it that they concluded? They concluded that God had a specific direction for them and that God had a specific recipient for the message. They were already going. Are you with me? They were already going, but Holy Spirit stopped them. They were headed in one direction. That's what all those geographical locations are all about. And through a vision, God helped them understand that he didn't want them to go that way. He wanted them to go, but he wanted them to go this way. Does that make sense? Now, how many of you know there are occasions in your life where you might be going that way, but God wants you to go that way? Does that make sense? So if that's going to happen, if you are going that way and God wants you to go this way, how are you going to find that out? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're trying to learn. And that truth is not just for the pastor. It's not just for the spiritual muckety-mucks in the church or denominational hierarchy. It is for those on the, at the grassroots level, every man, woman, boy, and girl. I believe that, and I believe when you get a hold of this truth, it's going to change your personal life. It'll change your home life. It will certainly change the church life and ultimately will change the community in which we live. Are you with me? If you're glad you came this morning, say amen. God's plan was for them to preach the word, which was already established by the word. But God had specific thoughts about when and where that was to transpire. They had accomplished what God had purposed there. Now he was calling them to another field. A lot of applications there. Stick with me. Beloved, I'm changing gears just a little bit. Now that Jesus has fully come, and how many of you know he has fully come? Now that Jesus has fully come, the means by which we connect with God is totally different. In a nutshell, the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Mr. Henry, in his very fine commentary, which is usually a, a pretty easy read, a very layman-centered commentary, but he says this, and I like this, quote, God spake to his ancient people at sundry times through successive generations and in divers or different manners as he thought proper. How many of you know God has a plan and God is sovereign as he thought proper, sometimes by personal direction, sometimes by dreams, sometimes by visions, sometimes by divine influences on the minds of the prophets, divine influences on the minds of the prophets. If you're quick on the draw, I encourage you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. If you're not that quick, it will magically appear on the screen. And here's what it says. It reinforces what I just put before you, what Mr. Henry helped me put before you. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers, says Paul, through the prophets at many times and in various ways. 
In his very fine commentary, Mr. Barnes puts it this way, and I'm adding, we now live in, quote, the period during which God's last method of communication will be enjoyed and under which the world will close. He continues, it might, and I would add, it has been a very long period. Nonetheless, it will be the last one. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 2 says this, But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom He made the universe. Now watch this. When the Bible, when the Word of God puts forth that in our time God speaks to us, by His Son, Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that every single person will definitely hear an audible voice or see Him with their physical sight. doesn't mean that. However, it does mean, look at your neighbor and say, here it comes. It does mean that we have the Son, Jesus the Christ has spoken forth and is now recorded for our direction, that which we refer to as the Bible, the Word of God. That's why this is important. The Word Beloved, we're going to cut in right there. And let me do so by saying this or reemphasizing this. There is no substitute for the Word of God, the Bible, when it comes to us hearing from God and knowing what God has purposed and planned for our life in this present day. Let me do that again. There is no substitute for the Word of God. That's why we encourage you over and over again on this program and by other avenues in terms of New Life Community Church. We encourage folks to listen to and to look into to read and to study and to know the Bible, the Word of God. That is God's Word to us today. Hey, are you reading it? Let me encourage you to. If you haven't developed a systematic study of the Word of God, some reading of the Word, then let me encourage you to do so. Now, perhaps you're like many that say, I just can't understand it. Hey, here's something that would be helpful to you, and I trust that this will be helpful to you. Find someone who does understand it. Someone that's been preaching and teaching the Word or writing about the Word for a long, long time. They're very wise when it comes to interpretation of the Word and allow for them to speak into you. Don't just read the Word in a vacuum. Read it with those that know it and understand it. And I'm not talking about people trying to uh, buffalo you or to lead you down the wrong road, but somebody that you know and trust and somebody that you've observed literally having the Word of God in operation in their own life. And I trust that you would be encouraged to develop such a prayer life and such a, a study life, uh, a devotional life of your own. It will be very meaningful to you and will change you and transform you from the inside out in ways that perhaps you've never imagined before. Let me remind you before we get out of here tonight that New Life Community Church has a uh, worship or a uh, schedule of activities planned activities, not the least of which is our morning worship celebration each and every Sunday 
at 10 o'clock. We also have morning work, or midweek activities. Seems like I'm a little bit tang-tongled right now. We have midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family, and that might just include you. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you? Mm-hmm.